0: To listen to the full episode, subscribe to our Substack at datologycoach.substack.com. Look for a link in the episode description to subscribe at twenty percent off. Sarah, Kristen, Kristen, all right, I am giddy as a schoolgirl because I, uh, if you listen to the latest nugget or the nugget from last week, I talked about the burn haystack method that was devised by Jenny Young and. I was like, you know, I wonder, I wonder if she'd want to be on here. And I contacted her and I was like, would you ever want to be on the podcast? She was, like, I would love to. And I'm like, you wouldn't be able to be available tonight, which is, she's like, I, I can be. And so I'm very excited to introduce Jenny Young. And just so you know, Jenny, this is, we'll go, this is audio. We don't, I don't post video. Right. But okay. Jenny, thank you so much for coming on here. Um Jenny has you have a PhD in rhetoric. I do.
1: And you're a professor at, uh, at University of Wisconsin Green Bay. Now, what do you teach at University of Wisconsin? Um, I teach English, uh, mm-hmm. specifically lately, I've been teaching a lot of feminist lit. Um, I teach creative writing, I teach first year writing. And for the first time ever, this semester, I'm actually teaching a course titled The Rhetoric of Dating and Intimacy. Oh, oh my God. I'm going to apply all this stuff. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I am equally giddy and great. Oh my God. Can, can I,
0: what's the word? Audit? Can I audit that class?
1: You can yeah. absolutely audit the class. <laughs> my I would God. That. That's Maybe amazing. we'll have you, actually, maybe, maybe you could be a guest, like a guest speaker. I could zoom you that.
0: in. I would, oh my God, I'm blushing. I'm, I'm all giddy. <laughs> okay. 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 I don't want to get all ahead of myself. <laughs> all right. So when I, fr- I came across the article on Medium. Mm-hmm. and I, when I read it, I, I just said, as soon as I saw that this was about weeding out the time wasters, Yep, I was like, this is, uh, we, we are soulmates. We were, <laughs> like, we are very much on the same page. And uh, this is something that Sarah and I talk about. You know, we call it statements only or scare them off. We're right. all about-
2: Sometimes aggressive, aggressive, instead
0: of passive <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say passive-aggressive and Sarah go, I'm more (laughs) (laughs) aggressive-aggressive. So we're very much about be unapologetically who you are. Mm -hmm. And if they don't like it, fuck them. They're not for you. And it's better to weed them out in the beginning than to have to you know, have to go through the motions and go through the dates and waste the time. And that's one of our other sort of mantras is value your time. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the, the burnt haystack method really is about valuing your time. So can you tell me a little bit about how you came up with it, how you devised it,
1: what inspired it? Sure. So it, it started out really as, as just for myself, I wanted to find a way to streamline the dating app process, which is horrible. Like it, I think people who haven't tried it have some sort of make-believe fairy tale idea of it being fun. It it's not fun at all. Mm-hmm. So I decided to approach it like I'd approach any other work task, which is to try to make it as efficient as possible. And because I have this background in rhetorical analysis and being able to sort of quickly read words, you know, on a page to figure out what the person behind those words is revealing without intention. I -hmm. wanted to bring that methodology to my experience, you know, of being on a dating app. So I started kind of just making these rules for myself and it changed everything when Mm -hmm. when I did that. And I ended up meeting someone um, five days after I started using this method. I met Many decent matches but but someone whom I ended up spending the next um little over two years with um and when it which uh, unfortunately didn't work out for reasons that have nothing to do with you know anything being wrong with him or anything like that. it just didn't work out, but when I found myself single again, I thought okay well if i have to if I have to do this again this time it's going to be a revolution. Like I've Mm -hmm. I've always joked with my students, like I'm going to have, there's going to be a feminist revolution. I don't know what it's going to be, but I I, I want to lead one. Mm -hmm. So when I came back around this time, I thought I'm going to formalize this method. I'm going to share it with other women. I'm going to package it in a way that someone without this academic knowledge can understand and apply. And I'm going to make it all free and public. Now that said, I only allow women and non-binary folk in the Facebook group because I want to protect that as a safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how it started. Now, I read through I read through the article
0: and then I went through your dating app rules for a profile and uh, and just d- using a dating app. Mm-hmm. And like you said. you you wrote it in such a way that it was just so digestible and Mm -hmm. so easy to process. And, and, but maybe because like, for me, I was like, yes, 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 yes. Yes. Do the, I, I so was on the same page, but I think anybody who read it could say, Oh, this is, Oh, I get it. Oh, I
1: understand. And I hope so. I I, I mean, I think that's me being a teacher too, right? Like that's my job is to mm -hmm. figure out how to take, what I know and express it in a way that other people can use it. Yes. Uh, Now
0: you wrote an article and it was so funny when I was doing my research, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call it funny, but when I was doing my research, I went through your archive, archive and I came across an article about uh, writing a ditchy, uh, bitchy dating profile. Mm -hmm. And I went, Oh no, I think we talked about this on the show and I couldn't remember. I knew that there was nothing like, and Sarah remembers this. There was nothing negative. I was just something I wasn't sure I agreed with,
2: mm-hmm. and I
0: immediately contacted Sarah and I was like, "So what? what do we do about this?" And <laughs> then I said, "We need to talk about it because I, I think it, it. I think it demonstrates sort of how, how to how to uh, um, approach a situation like this, where you maybe are a little bit uncomfortable." Uh, or like an uncomfortable truth, so to speak, and how to how to address it. And it wasn't that um, I didn't like the article. I liked the article. It, what I said to you before we started was I wasn't my biggest concern with dating advice. And mm-hmm. Sarah will back this up is I don't like when women sort of um, get on a perch. And I'm not saying that's what you were doing. I'm mm-hmm. saying in general, they get on. No, a I perch, know. I hear you. Yeah. And they say, well, I've been dating this guy for three months and this is what I did. And I was like, three months, talk to right. me a year. Yeah. So right. that was where I was coming. That's how I came at it. And I, I do think that a lot of dating advice from women for women tends to be a little preachy and tends to be a little smug. Yes. Yeah. You know, very smug and very smug. Uh, and so it on,
2: reduces both men and women most of the time, too.
1: It, right. It right. does. And that that was kind of my starting place with the method was I read a bunch of the dating advice that's out there, and it fell into two categories. One was make yourself as appealing as possible to mm-hmm. as many men as you can. And and number two was give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I think mm. that is absolutely misguided advice that wastes everyone's time. So my advice is to do the exact opposite of those things, Mm -hmm. which is to to be exactly who you are. You really only want to appeal to a very small percentage of potential Mm -hmm. matches. Mm -hmm. And there's no time in dating apps to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I mean, Mm -hmm. unless you're just doing it as a sport. But if you want to find a partner, you shouldn't be giving anybody the benefit of any doubt, I think. Uh, You know, and I think, and I will say
0: this, I think it's more difficult for women. Because women are raised to uh, question their instincts, not trust it, Um, be more, give them a chance. Oh, you're being too picky. Oh, you're being crazy. You're being paranoid. And so (laughs) that is ingrained in us from a very, very young age. Uh And so we start thinking, oh, maybe, maybe. And I'm all about uh, what I always say is you just, there needs to be something. When you read that profile, when you look at the photos, there needs to be a, hmm, like a, a, a flicker. Mm-hmm. But if there's no, and you know, and we know when there's no interest,
1: mm-hmm. but if
0: there's no interest, don't ever feel like, Oh, maybe I'm being too picky. What if they're my person? Right. And I I'm with you. Like we are told like, Oh, give them a second chance. No, this is why women end up in sit- very bad situations It's because we've been told our whole lives, the problems with us and we, and we yep. need to we need to give people second chances. We don't need to, we don't need to do that. It
1: becomes like a, like a collective gaslighting. Mm -hmm. And, and even if we go beyond the step of that initial reaction or the initial connection, I, I think any woman on a dating app has been in this situation where you start talking to someone and you know, the community, it's not working well. Like mm-hmm. something, something's wrong. Yeah. So we tell ourselves, well, I guess it must be us. Like this is how people communicate now. Like it, it really does take 48 hours to respond to a text with a one word answer. Like that's mm-hmm. Of course <laughs> it doesn't. Like we're all busy. Right. Um, I don't know if you, if you came across my, uh, uh apply it to real life scenario test that I use? No. Okay. So one of the things I, I I've made out,
0: but I'm not sure.
1: Well, and there's, I, I can't even, it's, I can't, it's, I think there's a medium article on it, but what I, what I try to tell people is translate that situation to real life. So let's imagine that you're in the grocery store in the produce section, picking out you know, whatever your peaches and a strange man whom you've never seen before walks up to you and just stares at you and goes, Hey, And then doesn't say anything else. And then two minutes later, he goes, you're gorgeous and doesn't say anything else. (laughs) You would either get the hell away from him or you would call security. You Mm -hmm. wouldn't be like, well, I guess this is how romance works now. But we've all been sort of duped into these weird interactions that then somehow make us question ourselves. Mm -hmm. But we should just be like black in and burn (laughs) it.
0: Yeah, we, we there's a lot of internalizing. Yes. Of of our experience and it, it just, it festers yes. and it colors and informs our entire experience.
1: It does. And it chips away at us.
0: Mm-hmm. It It absolutely does. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about writing a bitchy profile.
1: Okay. So first of all, I want to clarify the word bitchy because... Oh um I first of all I don't think it was a bitchy profile I think it was a direct profile mm-hmm. um that said oh, I you don't
0: have to clarify bitchy and direct with me okay <laughs> you don't have to with
1: <laughs> we're all me. bitchy and direct right <laughs> <laughs> um so I was playing with words a little bit there but it but i i do think there's something to being absolutely clear while recognizing that that's going to drive away a certain percentage of men either because they don't like it or just because they see something that's not for them but it, but in either way that's good right like get yeah, out mm-hmm. yeah. yes yes <laughs> get out of the way yes so yeah.
2: i i have to i have to bring something up this is a little bit of a of an aside <laughs> um but Uh, Jenny are you familiar with the reddit area called am I the asshole
1: I am yes and are you
2: familiar with the um I mean now it's sort of become a parody of itself in that you know women get on there and they'll they'll write oh my my husband likes to burn me with matches for fun (laughs) and I asked him to stop but he said this is the only thing that makes him laugh anymore am I the asshole and it's (laughs) It's such an extension to me, such as like obvious and sad extension in my view of the ways that women just, just throughout our whole lives, we don't, we don't feel comfortable trusting our intuition. Mm-hmm. Right. We really like, seek validation from external sources mm-hmm. just yep. to verify that the thing we're experiencing in our own body really happened. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um like I said, Sarah and I, we, we come at this from more of a um, decenter men place. Like uh, mm-hmm. because the the advice that we each of us give, meaning you and Sarah and I, um, we come at it from more of a "fuck that guy" statements only scare them off. You know, decenter men, mm-hmm. where you're coming at it from more of a scientific or academic place. Yeah. Could you explain that a little bit?
1: Sure. So my background is in rhetoric. I, Mm -hmm. I have a doctorate in rhetoric and that's, I teach classes in that, but my specific expertise is in a method called critical discourse analysis, CDA for short. And what critical discourse analysis does, there's like two components. Number one, it's a, a very like, um, granular level of parsing text, of figuring out, of reading between the lines, basically, um, figuring out what people reveal without intending to. Okay, so that's one component. The second component, and this one is, is maybe the more important one for me, is that you then use that knowledge to make the world better. So, there are lots of um rhetorical analysis techniques in academia and some of them are what we call um descriptive which is basically like you're just observing interactions you know maybe you go to another part of the world and you observe a culture you know different from your own in an ethnographic study and you don't interfere you just take notes and you try to figure out what's going on but but that's like you're part of it and then you're done Whereas critical discourse analysis dictates that you use what you know and what you've learned to benefit the world, <laughs> or like in my case, other women that I'm talking to, or myself, right? Or my students. Like I'm, I'm super, I've worked with a lot of young women who are primarily on Tinder, and I am absolutely horrified with what they experience on that platform. You know, I see, uh, I,
0: the reason why I am okay with Tinder and then I recommend Tinder is because it doesn't, uh, doesn't require people to filter people out by, by superficial criteria, which means Mm -hmm. it's probably more diverse. It's probably more (laughs) inclusive, uh, but Tinder has gotten such a reputation for being the hookup app that I think that makes it attract people who are just looking for a hookup. and. You, you know, there's that question, right? There's that question that everybody, every woman gets when they match with somebody and it's, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. And I always say to women, men aren't really interested in what you're looking for. They're asking that question as a springboard so that you will ask them what they're looking for. And then they can tell you without seeming boorish or abrupt, without just being upfront about it with, with, so that they don't have to be just uh, upfront about it. Like they're looking for an opportunity and an opening.
1: Yeah. But- I, well, I think that's right. I think that's true. A lot of the time. I also like I use Tinder in that example there, because that's what my students tend to be on. It just plays, it appeals to a younger crowd. I don't think any of the apps are really good or bad. Like they're morally neutral. Well, that's not true. I mean, they are gamified, right? They're making money. There are people behind these apps who are profiting. (laughs) (laughs) However, I really continue to look at the apps as a tool that it's important for us to understand how they work, but only to the degree that we can use them in a smarter way. And I also kind of proceed from the premise that there are some good guys out there. I it's it's very easy, and, and I know this because I've fallen into this trap to like fall into that, you know, all men are pigs sort of scenario. Because let's face it, a lot, a lot of them are like yeah. as a gender, they are not keeping up, especially mm-hmm. the ones who are single at my age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um so burned haystack specifically tries to give women tools to get to those men and read. The interactions to be able to identify the good guys and the bad guys, which is a way oversimplified way of saying that the dateable guys and the guys you don 't want to date, I guess
0: now when you say tools, can you give an example of some of the tools that you that the burn the burned haystack provides
1: sure, so we have and and I also want to say before I jump into this. Burned Haystack has been completely non-monetized and non-promoted. So what, what's what's really cool is that in the Facebook group, which any anyone uh who identifies as female or non-binary can join, just search burned haystack dating on Facebook. Um, it's become this very grassroots crowdsourced sort of initiative. So we've worked together to Articulate three rules for setting up a dating profile, which you went over in your podcast. And I'm so grateful to you for doing that. <laughs> and 10 rules for managing your, your dating app. And what's super cool about the Facebook group is because we've now got like almost a thousand women. We've got psychologists. We've got attorneys. We've got teachers. We've got medical professionals. We've got psychoanalysts. We've got writers. We've, and, and so when something's not working, like we tweak it. And we changed Mm -hmm. that rule slightly. So, but I wanted to also keep it manageable. So three rules for setting up, 10 rules for management. And so far that's kind of um, covered everything. And they're very specific. Like Mm -hmm. um, I I know one of the ones you talked about and you had the same, I was so glad to hear you say the same thing I did, which is that it sounds old fashioned, but there's a reason for it. So one of our rules is no men who can't plan the first date. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that's a good test. And people always say, well, that seems a little like old-fashioned or sexist. Why can't you plan the first date? And I say, listen, I know I can plan the first date. Like, that's not a question for me. And if we lived in a world that was totally equitable, it wouldn't matter at all to me who planned the first date. But there's still very gendered inequities in mm-hmm. emotional labor and actual labor. There's a pay gap. There are problems with domestic um you know, the division of domestic labor. So I, I want to start to sort of write that imbalance right off the bat. And yeah. when I have met men who sort of like, you know, start with an idea and they can figure out how to make a reservation or ask me where, you know, if I have any dietary preferences, like these signs are important in ways that go beyond that first date. They're giving you a lot of information about that human being.
0: Yes. And they're also, you know, the term weaponizing competence has come up quite a bit. My favorite uh, term. When a man is willing to take the initiative, make the plan, right. And not go, oh, I I don't know. You know, what places do you suggest? Or, oh, I don't know any places in uh, your area. You know, I want to, meet. that's weaponizing competence. sure It's called Google. It's just Google it. So if they're willing to plan the date, and and make the effort and pay attention to detail like if it says in your profile that you drink tea oh let's go to a tea house let's go to like they, they do tea and like water finger sandwiches if they can show you that they're paying attention to detail and that they're willing to do the work and they're willing to make the effort those are good signs yep okay now where can people find you where can people get your book?
1: <laughs> okay, so well, my book you're talking about my critical discourse analysis book. Yes. <laughs> that I mean you can get it on Amazon um by searching my name. It, it's pretty, it's it's an academic textbook. It's pretty dry. Um but for burnt haystack, if you search burnt haystack dating method on Facebook, I'm sure burnt haystack will do it. You can join the Facebook group there. On Instagram, I'm uh, at word case scenario. So like worst case scenario, except word case scenario. And there are underscores between those words. Um, and there's also burned haystackdating.com. And I'm going to ver- I'm gonna verify that that's exactly the, yeah. <laughs> I, I went back and forth on my website, burned haystackdating.com. Um, will connect you to all that stuff as well. So, what specifically is the url uh dot com